You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number 16 of Aging Starts Now. I'm your host, Tim Takis. Today, we're talking about overall trends and resources for seniors in the age of COVID-19. Joining us today is Casey Martin, Director of Community Engagement at the Council on Aging of Middle Tennessee. Welcome, Casey. Thanks, Tim. I'm happy to be with you all today. Great. So what is the Council on Aging? So the Council on Aging of Middle Tennessee is a small but mighty nonprofit. Um, we are located in Nashville, our offices are, but we serve 13 counties in Middle Tennessee. Um, and really what we do is look at unmet needs for older adults, their caregivers, their families, and then plug in resources, information, and where necessary, advocacy, um, to basically b- kind of build a bridge um, across resources and fill in gaps of service. So your job as community engagement director, mm-hmm. what does that mean? That means I get to, in a nutshell, I get to get out and tell everyone the good news about Council on Aging. Um, I do a lot of community education, um, and whether that's for older adults, maybe um, at um, a residential, um, kind of residential living community, or a senior center, or sometimes I also have an opportunity to um, listen well and network with colleagues and hear what's going on and where they're experiencing gaps in service. And then also, Tim, I get to um, talk with other professionals in aging services and talk about what um, they're experiencing and then what we've learned from at the Council on Aging and share our experiences and resources with them. So, Casey, how has your job changed in the uh, era of COVID-19? Certainly, you're not getting out probably like you used to. Not getting out like like we used to. Um, you know, it, it really is. I think um, we're experiencing things at COA that a lot of folks are experiencing. We are working from home as a staff now. Um, technology, like podcasts, are a wonderful thing to be able to kind of keep us all connected um, with information. But really, what we're doing now is looking at our resources have been online for quite some time. We're directing folks to our resources um, kind of through our website. But then also we have created a helpline, Tim, just with our regular office number um, and letting folks know that we're available to answer calls. We're available to answer any questions, direct folks to the next best resource for them or their family. Um, so the, the, the quality, I think, definitely is still there. The information is still needed. Um, but the way we're delivering information has changed for us just as it has for so many others. So what are you seeing now with older adults and the concerns that they have? And how, how is that how has that changed uh, since the uh, 
since the pandemic? Mm -hmm. I think older adults, I think um, it's kind of had a little bit of an evolution, which has been an interesting sort of um, exercise to watch. Um, Really, I think at at the first, everyone was just really concerned about getting sick. Um, Certainly, that's still exist. There is still, um, you know, a, a significant concern about staying physically well. Um, we are um, really have have some resources on on our website about just, you know, making sure that you're doing things like washing your hands and wearing a face mask and really some of the protocols that um, that were were set forth by the state and um, cert- certainly, you know, county mayors and that sort of thing as we um, move through the first steps in the pandemic. So, so um, there, there are resources, you know, and, and information for folks um, on our website with regard to that. But as we've moved through some of these last several weeks, um, there have been different myths or misinformation. So we put together, um, kind of compiled some information about what we were hearing about that. I also think for older adults specifically, isolation and being uh, that that self quarantine and that self isolation um, really has been a factor in sometimes physical health, but also mental health. Um, you know, we we're we're meant to connect with each other as human beings, and right. you know, when folks can, are either alone in their home or if they're, for example, in an assisted living community, that's you know a wonderful place to be. But they also are self they're quarantining uh, residents in rooms just for safety purposes, um, adding as much um, uh, life enrichment as they possibly can. But that's hard on an older adult um, to do that, especially long term, um, when they are limited in the in the ways and and in the um, amount of time that they can spend with friends and family. So that's certainly that's been something. Um, We've also seen a concern about how do I get groceries how do I get my medications refilled? So um, again, um, we put together a flyer um, in um, conjunction with Senior Ride Nashville, um, and just how folks are getting food and deliver uh, food and medication delivered, um, whether it's available for pickup, whether you can order it through Amazon, um, which is you know a whole nother way that folks are, maybe they weren't doing that every day. Maybe they were going to the grocery store every week or whatever, but now we're going to have to get creative. So, you know, looking into some, some different resources with that. Um, and then of course, um, scams, right. unfortunately. So just, so just to clarify, I guess the initial concern, probably like all of us, the quarantining began mid-March 2020, mm-hmm. and here we are, we're in June of, we're June, this, we're actually taping on June 10, mm-hmm. 2020, so that's almost three months. That's um, right. And I know that all of us back then, we were worried, okay, am I going to get sick, and am I going to, how am I, I going to get help, blah, blah, blah. And I think now, as you said, we're, we're kind of maybe a little bit past that. But we're mm-hmm. still concerned about getting groceries. We're still concerned about getting delivery. And I guess just to clarify, you know, it's not the Council on Aging. Uh, you're not taking a shift on driving around, I guess. We're we're not right. not not in our professional world, but um, you know we're doing different volunteer things. I think as a staff, so there is that. But what we do, Tim, is connect um, connect um, folks in the community, individuals, families, caregivers, with the resources that are doing that. 
So again, compiling that information so that folks have that in one place and it's easily accessible to have that information. Right. So, and we're going to talk a little bit more uh, near the end about how to f- how to get in touch with you all. Great. So it sounds like um, you're really like a one stop shop or a um, you know or a first entry portal, I guess. And in, in some ways, call the Council on Aging if um, if you need help or if your loved one needs help. Yes. Um, so. And I know you were talking a little bit about the isolation, and, and of course, unfortunately, we need to talk about uh, scams. Mm-hmm. And I apologize, mm-hmm. I interrupted you there. So tell no, us about uh, right. your work, uh, the Council on Aging's work. Sure. So um, when it comes to scams and um, older adults, we realize that, and one of our initiatives is to reduce elder abuse and and exploitation. Um, We've actually formed a group of other community partners um, in the Middle Tennessee area to address, um, you know, what are you hearing with regard to senior exploitation, abuse, what's going on, how can we, again, put resources around that issue. And one of the things we've done, Tim, is is um, really a lot of work and community education around scams. We send a scam of the month email. Um, you can sign up for that on our website. Um, but that it just comes through email. It's not to scare anyone or, or alarm anyone, but just to inform um, families and older adults Hey, this is what's happening. Um, This is, you know, if you get a funny phone call or an email that you don't know who it's from, be sure to, you know, just it might raise a red flag. These are some things to look out for. One of the things that, especially during this COVID time, because we're all more isolated and, uh, you know, kind of away from friends and family a little bit more, it can make older adults in particular more susceptible um, to falling victim to a scam um, when they're not connected with friends and family who may be saying, hey, you know, did you hear about this or that? I got a funny phone call the other day. Did you, you know, just kind of those, those touch points with folks um, can can be sometimes a, um, a barrier to staying safe. And then we know for, for a fact, older adults specifically are targeted by scammers um, and criminals in that way, whether it's through the phone or through the mail. And um, we want to keep folks as safe as possible. So we've also got a, a, a kind of a, a repository of uh, COVID scams that we've been hearing for the last three months. And, you know, just to let, let everyone know what those are and to be aware what to look out for and how to stay safe. Can you give us an idea? I mean, maybe one or two of what they, what kind of what those calls are are like. Sure. Um, sometimes it's through a phone call. Sometimes it's through email. Um, but one of the things that a um, couple of different things um, we call them impersonator um, scams, where folks either call or email pretending to be maybe from the centers of disease control, the CDC, or maybe from the health department. Um, they're asking, you know, um, maybe saying, we need your social security number um, to get your COVID test results. Well, the the health department is not going to ask for your social security number or personal information to, you know, verify or, or to get your test results. Um, there are um, 
Medicare test kits, supposedly, um, that are out there. That is a scam. Medicare is not going to call asking if you want a test kit. Um, it's simply an attempt to get your money um, and our private information. So just be aware of that. Um, Early on, I haven't heard as much about it anymore, but we know it was out there. Um, fake cures, you know, um, folks going around um, in the community saying there are cures and vaccines for coronavirus. That is 100% false. There isn't. Um, working on a vaccine for sure, but there is no current vaccine for it. So any claims uh, that might suggest otherwise are 100% false. So I guess maybe the takeaway there is is that if somebody calls you and you're talking to somebody, don't give out your social security number to anybody that calls you. Mm-hmm, that's right. Don't I give always, your credit card number out to anybody that calls you. Exactly. I always tell folks, don't don't share your personal information, but don't share your numbers. Don't share your social security number, a credit card number, banking account information or routing number, um, anything like that. And certainly, if it sounds too good to be true, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it probably is too good to be true. Um, and also, if you have a question or if it sounds sounds fishy or someone's pressuring you to make a decision immediately or in a hurry, just hang up, call someone you know and trust, let them know what's going on. Um, and certainly don't be uh, afraid to call law enforcement and let them know this is, you know, doesn't sound legitimate. I have, you know, uh, there something about this just didn't sound sound on the up and up. I wanted to let you know about it. The more we let law enforcement know, then the more they can let the general public know and hopefully catch the scammers prevent them from uh, taking advantage of anyone else. So what other trends are you seeing out there that maybe, how about like for caregivers? Because I'm sure it's a very difficult time for them as well. It really is. Um, A lot of what we're hearing, Tim, is, you know, caregiver situations can be complicated and overwhelming anyway. But now when we're looking at a pandemic on top of already complicated sometimes and and certainly overwhelming um, circumstances, that just exacerbates it. Um, So what we can do from the Council on Aging standpoint is um, we have um, our directory of services. Again, it's online. We can safely deliver those and mail those out if folks need it. Um, They just call our helpline. But our directory of services is um, a yellow pages, basically, of all um, resources for older adults in our 13-county Middle Tennessee service area. We have... um, a book called, it's also online, called Aging and Caring, uh, which is a guide for caregivers. Um, information and referral is a lot of what we do. So if you call our helpline, our office number, um, we can get you to the next step. Uh, if you just want to, you know, g- give a call and say, this is what's going on. I need XYZ. We can connect you to XYZ uh, very readily. Um, and also I would, you know, there are phenomenal resources in and around our Middle Tennessee community. Um, The Tennessee Respite Coalition is an organization that provides respite care for folks in Middle Tennessee, um, certainly Alzheimer's Tennessee and Alzheimer's Association. They've got fantastic 
information, but also support groups. They're doing a lot of virtual support groups so anyone can join. Um, and I've noticed too, there are lots of, um, I know through uh, both organizations, they've posted caregiver um, kind of um, videos on their websites where you can go and just spend a few minutes and get some information, support, um, suggestions and tips for dealing with caregiving during this COVID time specifically. Um, one thing I think it's important to realize is not all caregivers live in the same city or even the same state as the person they are caring for. Um, there are lots of folks who are caregiving from a distance and trying to put those in, you know, resources together like groceries. You know, they're shopping Amazon and having groceries um, shipped to, to the house of their older adult loved ones. So that's great. But there's also... Um, a resource called Elder Care Locator. Um, and it gives, it's a 1-800 number. You can look it up through our directory through um, Council on Aging. And the Elder Care Locator basically is a list of resources for caregivers in different um, states. So if I'm here in Tennessee, but my older adult parent lives in, um, you know, California, I can call the Elder Care Locator and get resources for their zip code um, in California. Um, we think it's a great um, a great tool for um, caregivers who aren't aren't there, uh, just you know, at, at the ready, who aren't living next door or just down the street, and a way for them to get information. So, of course, we're now in a phase here where the governor and the state of Tennessee were were guardedly optimistic about reopening mm -hmm. so what are we what are you telling um, what are you telling the uh, your callers or your um, um, your uh, people who are concerned about okay what should I do now right um, it really it depends on the call um, a lot but I think overall the safest thing to do is um, proceed with caution and not, not, um, you know, to, to scare people or, you know, be too alarmist, but do things like wear a mask, wash your hands, um, make sure that you are keeping a six foot distance. If you, you know, we've, I've talked actually with some older adults who said, I'm not comfortable going back to my place of worship just yet, or being in large crowds just yet. But, um, I noticed even in my own neighborhood, uh, just a, a week or so ago, there were two ladies sitting on the porch. They were sitting on either end of the porch and had looked like it was a great conversation. I was just driving by, but I thought that's a wonderful way for them to be connected and get connected um, in person and have, you know, have that uh, really great um, just time to, to chat and get caught up that's not on the phone or not over a computer necessarily. Um, and, um, but also to, to keep a social, uh, you know, physical distance. I think that's really important. Um, so it's, you know, and also do what you're comfortable with. Um, you know, we're talking to some folks who say, you know, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm going back out to the grocery store or that sort of thing. That's great. And I hope they're being, being cautious with that. Um, but for folks who aren't, 
um, don't feel like you um, need to make that decision anytime soon. Take your time. Um, certainly, if you have an underlying health condition, that's another um, kind of layer to sometimes complicate things and, and for you to feel safe may take a little bit more time. So um, certainly feel feel free to do that and um, you know use your best judgment and also let your friends and family know, I'm not comfortable right now. We're going to give it another two weeks and see how we do. Um, but I think no matter what, um, it's important to stay connected. Um, I know with my own parents, we're doing Zoom calls over dinner. Um, they live a couple of hours away from us. So that's been a really great way for us to, to stay connected with them and, and have a little FaceTime, even if it is through the computer screen. Yeah, that's interesting, you know, because you think about maybe that was stuff that maybe you weren't doing before. Um, uh, before COVID-19 because you didn't have to. Exactly. Exactly. That wasn't something that ever happened. We would just get together because it was just a couple of hours, um, you know, a couple of hours away. But, um, you know, they have been one of the kind of the, the folks who've said, you know, we're going to give it a, a little bit more time before we're in big crowds. And I, that's great. So, But let's stay connected as much as possible. Um, and I would also, you know, if, if um, the listeners who are uh, going to be tuning into this podcast have um, older adults in their life who are not necessarily super tech savvy, reach out to them or make it easier for them to get connected. Just one one click on a link um, in an email sometimes can really make a world of difference. And, um, you know, just, just be mindful of that. That's one of the things that has been a, been a barrier for some older adults is um, they don't either have the technology in their home or they don't have a lot of knowledge on, you know, they're not super tech savvy and how to use the the iPad that they have at home or the laptop they have at home. So um, I would just, you know, uh, just a, a, another great way to have some outreach for folks is to to call the folk, the older adults in their life and say, hey, can I help you get connected through a Zoom call? Or, you know, do you know how to use, you know, Facebook Live or something like that um, where they can feel um, much great more idea. a part of what's going on? Yeah. All right. So lastly, um, so tell us about about the Council on Aging. Who is who's eligible to get help? Is it for anybody or just it, over 60 or tell us a little bit about that? It is for anybody. And I, I appreciate you asking that. That's a great question. Anyone in Middle Tennessee, we even get calls from out of state from time to time um, for folks who have you know, a loved one, relative um, of someone here in Middle Tennessee that they're caring for or concerned about. And, and you know, how can they find resources for that person? Anyone can call. Um, again, we talk to older adults, their families, concerned neighbors, um, you know, medical professionals, um, folks in the community who are with other organizations like Catholic Charities, for example, who really do this a great job of of putting, um, you know, information and resources together. Um, they're not um, specific to older adults, but they certainly help older adults among others in our community. So um, anybody can call. Um, you can access our helpline through the office line. Um, and then also um, access our information through our website as well. 
Okay, so so tell us what the numbers are, Casey. Sure. The phone so the, numbers. Yep. So the phone number to our office helpline is 615-353-4235. And our web address is coamid10midtn.org. And of course, we all know that at least in this area, Put in Council on Aging Middle Tennessee in your favorite search engine and you'll you'll come right up. Yes, we will. So that's always Absolutely. an option. Absolutely. And we've got everything right. there. And certainly, you know, we're there, we're there to help and answer any questions. So if folks would rather talk to a real person on the other end, we'd love to talk to them. All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. I'd like to thank Casey Martin with the Council on Aging for joining us. I'm your host, Tim Takas. See you next time when we bring you another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? Document downloads, the Tagus McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there, free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging starts now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.